<laughs> it's not even getting picked up. Be loud. <laughs> Too loud. Too loud. It's not your Christine podcast. Welcome everybody to Not Your Christine podcast. Shane here with my brother Aaron. You found it a. Were you the Joker? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you like that? Is that, is that like. You I like don't that? know. Like uh, yeah, that? You like that? Um, is that. If you were the Joker. You like that. <laughs> if you were the Joker, is that. Would that be your voice? The way you. If I were the Joker? Yeah. If you if you had. If someone came up to you and said, hey, you were the new Joker. Heath Ledger. Uh huh. Jared Leto. Um, yeah. They'd be like, what's, what's your take? What's your take yeah, on the Joker? Take? What, I, what I just heard, I think, would be what you did. It would be like this. It's to me, I'm the Joker. <laughs> is that Mario? Uh, is that Mario? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I didn't realize. Oh god. <laughs> hey everybody, it's to me. It's to me. It's a Joker. <laughs> That's terrible. Gonna do some jokes. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, welcome everybody again. Yeah. To Not Your Mama's another new episode. <laughs> the Joker. Okay. Um. Hey, so we've gotten a couple new reviews. And we really appreciate when people give yeah, us reviews. Yeah, we need them. Especially when they're good reviews. Yeah, yeah. So if first off, if you haven't given us a review, wh- why? Yeah, come on. What are you doing? Where have you, you been? Just, you? just go to the episode, go yeah, to the podcast. Just review it. Put five stars, write something nice. Yeah. If this is your first time listening, I mean, come on. Come on. You heard the intro. Come on. Let's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to read some of the newest reviews we've gotten for you guys, and then um, we'll get to what we're going to do. Okay, ready? Yep. This one is from TJ, T-E-E-J-A-Y, TJ769. He says, the title of it is, Like Actually Having Friends. <laughs> That's a good T- title. <laughs> but TJ, do you not have friends? Are yeah, you, do you need help? Do you need friends? I'll is be your friend. Is? Yeah, we're your friends, buddy. Yeah. Okay, okay. so <laughs> before I talk about the podcast, I have to say Shane in parentheses, a clear host of the show. Oh, yeah. I like TJ. Screw you, TJ. He's my friend. Voice sounds identical to Paul Shear. I don't think that's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, that's not a compliment. The Paul the guy, Shear, the, the bald guy from the league. Yep. Yeah, if you don't look it up, go ahead and IMDB that. Yeah. Um, yep. And well, TJ, I think Shane looks just like him. TJ, we are no longer friends. Yeah. You're back to zero. Yeah. You're just, <laughs> to the point that I picture him the whole time that I'm listening. And Topper, rest in peace, pour one out. Yep. Topper sounds like Casey Affleck. <laughs> Wait, he got Casey Affleck and I got Paul Shear? Am I the only one hearing this? TJ, yes, I think you might be. Um, but a lot of people say the Topper, rest in peace, pour one out. Yeah. Topper that he used to, he looks like um, uh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, and I got Paul Shear. I have a guy that was um, at my church. He said, anyone ever tell Topper that he looks like Bradley Cooper? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, all everybody tells him that. He's like, yeah. A lot of people say I look like Seth Rogen. <laughs> and I went, you do? He said, why? Because I'm fat and jolly? <laughs> I was like, sorry, no, is that what I meant? But anyways, all right, let me finish this review. Yeah. Uh, really, it's a great show with some good real-world connections to living in Christ. I'm a brand-new Christian. Shane, he's a brand-new Christian. Uh, I'm your friend. <laughs> this. I'm oh, your friend. so he wasn't a Christian then. No, no. Then, <laughs> either way, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back in, TJ. Even, even if you say stuff. I, I like that. That Shane, the host, yeah, that's right. TJ, and Eric, podcast assistant. Oh man, you're never been so. <laughs> this wrong. is the best friend I've ever had. <laughs> Both do well to exemplify what a Christian looks and sounds like, in as much as that's a thing. They mention the bad Christian podcast a lot, which we we know. I don't think we have in a while. Yeah, we have though. Yeah, I haven't listened to them as much. Mm-hmm. I kind of I was listening to them a lot, and then I stopped. They put listening. out a lot of content. 
I know a lot of. They I sling, can't keep up. They sling a lot of tent, and I can't keep up with it. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> um, and and Christian is just what their title says. I'm not a fan, but I am a fan of Shane, show host. Yeah. Says, Why do you have to keep bringing that up? <laughs> and the light banter that they um they have that still glorifies God. It's like hanging out with buddies, having a beer, talking about just whatever. It's great. I listen every day. Wow. Wow. But here's the thing, TJ. How do you do? You like repeat episodes? Because maybe he just started. Maybe yeah, we do have a hundred and some episodes. Yeah, yeah. So eventually he's gonna run out. Then you're gonna start. Well, hundred some episodes. Then we did Tip Top Thursdays back in the day. Yeah, that's I right. Count as episodes. So yeah. it's really even more. So thank you, TJ. Yeah, thanks, you, TJ. Even something's wrong. Okay, one more. Um, this is from M B R U N S M Bruns. Bruns says, uh, "Picked up again, just in time." Is the title. Glad Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast is back. I discovered this podcast this summer about a month before they took a break from recording new episodes. It was, just so you know, it was way more than a month. Uh, yeah. Like almost three months. Um, and they returned just in time. I have only two old episodes left. You listened to... What? Whoa! You, that is some dedication right there. Uh, so she listened to a bunch of... Man, she listened to a lot of episodes. Shane and Eric and Topper in parentheses are doing a really R. important R. work covering topics that need to be covered publicly by Christians and pastors. Both the serious stuff and the funny stuff. I may not always agree with all the points or positions covered by... But they do a great job of covering everything from all angles and then giving their opinion on it. Which can I say a side note? Uh-huh. Um, I'm glad that someone doesn't agree with everything. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's I don't not either. a good thing if you listen and mm-hmm. do agree with everything because mm-hmm. then you're just taking whatever we say. You should mm-hmm. challenge what we're saying. Um, in the interview we're going to get to, I actually talked about how I listened back to some old episodes and there's things in the old episodes, old episodes that I said that I don't agree with anymore with what I said. So you should always be adapting and changing. Um and I like that there's stuff that she doesn't agree with. I think it's a she because I think she sent us an email with podcast topics as well. Um, that there's th- things that she doesn't agree with that, but she still listens. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Because you have an open mind. That's good. Not everybody would do that. That's good. And Bruns. Yeah, um, Bruns. Um, this podcast has made me rethink my position on some things, affirm my position on other things, and most importantly, just challenge me to listen more to people I don't agree with, with the end goal of sharing the gospel and showing love to others. Shane and Eric, don't discount the work you're doing. You joke a lot about the podcast being small or your opinions not really mattering. And while it might feel that way, you're truly doing important work. Keep it up. That's awesome. Ex- except for the song at the end of episode 101. I could have done without that. You know, she's not my friend anymore. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> no, you're done now. Um, yeah, That's so, awesome. Yeah, we do kind of joke about... We have gotten some nice emails and stuff recently, and it's cool to like... Because when you do it, we're doing it in like a basement or, yeah. just, or whatever. We're just doing it quickly during nap time. Mm-hmm. But... Um, our listeners have gone up and we've had new people from randomly like when we first started it was just our friends listening mm-hmm. and those friends uh, we there that guilt of making them listen to it only lasted so long they kind of dropped out at this point um topra <laughs> hasn't listened to an episode since he left or an episode when he was on he never listened to any episode no, <laughs> so yeah so but we really appreciate that so and it, again if you have not given us a review come on now help us out help us out give us a review but yeah. we appreciate all the reviews there's a lot more than that um, but I want yeah. to read the yeah. recent thank two you. thank you guys so much hey Eric I got a question for you just ask it don't let me ask it. Something. just ask the question have you uh, has anyone ever had an incorrect view of who you are yeah a lot so okay so <clears throat> used to work we both used to go to the same church yeah where you worked and right. i was just a volunteer i didn't yeah, work yeah but um i every, was a youth pastor you were the youth pastor i just was the, i just attended that church and it was a pretty big church like 800 person church or whatever and so many times people would come to me thinking i'm you because what i found out was 
everyone thought that one person did everything because mm-hmm. I did a lot. I played like in the worship band. I volunteered youth. I did a lot of stuff at the church doing that at work there. So a lot of people thought there was just one of us. Yeah, yeah. And then they found there's two of us. Like, oh, you must be twins. Right. And some of you that maybe have gone to our podcast like website and seen our pictures, you're like, oh, they're twins. So we're not twins. And then once they said, oh, well, Shane's older, which he's not. No. I'm older. By so, two like, years. Yeah, I've had someone once ask me if I could pray for them. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they would come up to me like, hey, you know that thing we talked about? I just, I really could, I use some prayer right now. Could, is there anyone we can pray right now? I was like, yeah, um, I'll meet you in the sanctuary. Go ahead in there. I'll be right in. And I found you. I was like, I think he thinks I'm you. Yeah. And I don't want to go pray with him. I don't know what he was even talking about. And so about. I went in and prayed with him. Yeah. We, I don't think he knew the difference. We did the old switcheroo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this we, is like a classic Saved by the Bell episode or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Side note, you ever seen the Funny or Die stuff where Zach Morris is trash? Uh, I think I have. You ever watch it? It's so funny. It's a guy that reviews a Saved by the Bell episodes uh-huh. and just basically shows how terrible of a person Zach Morris oh, yeah. his <laughs> actions. Look it up if you have not. That is so funny. To me. That's anyway, awesome. Anyone ever done it to you? I mean, th- definitely when we were younger, especially people thought we were twins more so then. And going through school, people still think we're twins. People still do. When, but like, even when we were younger, we're not we, the same church anymore. Right. So that, yeah. We went to the same school, and so like going through, people would just think that I were that I was you, or people would know that I was your brother, whatever it is. Um, and uh, people would just have a have a incorrect view of who I was. How about a view of who? you are as a pastor. Oh, yeah, all the time. Because you're a pastor. Yeah, that's one of my, and I th- I've said this before on the podcast, but it's one of my least favorite things about being a pastor is people changing who they are because they know that of <laughs> what I do, out. right? And um, uh, there was a time we went to um, our brother-in-law, uh, Dan, was he, when before he got married to our sister. Um, he went up to Atlantic City, had a bachelor party, and so we, we went up there for part of the time to hang out with them we went out for like one night yeah no we didn't even stay the whole oh night. yeah we, we just we, just we had drove a, well we're, we're, really, a church. we're really popular people we had a batch party the friday uh-huh. for oh a different yeah person and then a bachelor party saturday right and then right right church on sunday right. so we had to be back to work yeah side note though atlantic city is a dumb trash oh man that place that anyways is, it is it is terrible trump <laughs> Trump, um, but uh, but yeah, well, I remember when we went up there and we had not met a lot of Dan's friends from college and high school and stuff like that. And when Dan was like, "Oh yeah, my brother, my my future brother in laws are coming and they're pastors," and everyone was like, "What? Why? Why? This is gonna be so awkward. <laughs> yeah, gotta be awkward." Around. And uh, and so then and then when people met us, they were like. Oh, okay. Okay, you guys suck. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't but have to worry about pastor, you at all. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'd play like games and stuff. Like, we were, we went to the beach that day. Yeah. And we brought all the beach games. Yeah, football and uh, 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 spike, spike ball. ball. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, the frisbee frisbee game yeah where you we're snorting cocaine so we're off. like hey we're fun yeah right? yeah well, we're in guys <laughs> yeah, hey we're in yeah no problem <laughs> but uh but no people every time when they don't actually know us um, and they haven't heard our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, but they haven't spent a lot of time with us. Then they find out you're a pastor. They're just like, ah, I don't really want to hang out with you. Yeah. Whenever I meet somebody and they're like, oh, so what do you do for a living? I'm always like, uh. I when I got um, question. when I got my vasectomy, mm-hmm. the person who was prepping me. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can put two and two together what prepping means. Yeah. When you get vasectomy, she's like, oh, so what do you do? I was like, I'm a pastor. She went, oh, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she like couldn't do her job now. Right. Like, right. She can't. There were holy balls. Now she can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember when um, 
I was out at a restaurant with Topper and um, and our friend Jonas, another person, maybe Dan, and um, our brother-in-law. And we were uh, the the waitress waiting on our table. You know, we're like younger guys or whatever. And she was talking to us and joking with us and and just being friendly. And then she made some like inappropriate jokes. Yeah. Um, that. Uh, that I, that I thought was funny. <laughs> and then, but And then eventually as she got to talk to us more, she was like, oh, so what do you guys do? And I was like, oh, dang it. Here and Topper go. knew yeah. that it was going to be awkward. So he answered so quickly. He said, oh, I work in HR. Next. Because <laughs> he wanted me to answer. And I was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. And immediately her face just got beat red and was yeah. so embarrassed and she was apologizing profusely for the jokes that she made I was like, yeah. no it's fine it's fine I mean we have church tomorrow at 10 o'clock yeah, yeah. Like to come. and you really should come yeah you need to, you need to be there yeah. but she sounds like your so soul awkward. needs a saving yeah yeah um, so it happens all the time well what I started to do now is when I know it's going to be awkward for them you just so, make it super awkward no I just say hey so here before I tell you I yeah. know you're going to but don't I did awkward. the same thing So I, but I'm a pastor okay but nothing changes I'm the yeah. same person that I was whatever right, so right, I'll do that right. sometimes too yeah when I told the waitress I was like alright look I don't want you to feel bad about anything that you said previous <laughs> to this in our conversation but I am I'm a pastor she was like <gasps> she said no you're not <laughs> just over and over <laughs> and over so yeah that happens but the reason why that we are bringing this up, see, there's always a there's, there's always a reason. This there. is Italian, everybody. This is the Italian. We're professional podcasts. <laughs> yeah, but we, we are. We get paid. Yeah. Well, you don't get paid anything. Yeah, I get. I, I don't can. get paid anything, which pays our SoundCloud fees. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and any equipment that we need. But anyways, we um we interviewed this guy named Bob Faby who wrote the who wrote a book called Not My Jesus, which is a really interesting book that that um that you should check out, which focuses on this idea of how we have an incorrect view of who Jesus actually is, and our view of Jesus fits our life and our comfort zone, when really in reality it. Probably is not an accurate view of who he of who he is um, and who he was when he walked this earth. And so Bob wrote this book to challenge our views of that and to get away from what we grew up with necessarily and and challenge our idea of who Jesus actually is and how we can better relate to him. So let's get to our interview with Bob Baby. But Bob, we, we really enjoyed your book. Uh, it was really good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. How, how long did it take for you to write this book? Um, yeah, that's a fair question. It's a short book and it's an easy read. Yeah. Uh, but I probably wrote it over the course of, you know, the better part of a year. I mean, I used some of my blog and I, and then I I wrote pretty intensely for about uh for about six seven months. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of trying to make sure you hit your word count per day type mm-hmm. of thing, trying yeah. to get it in. But yeah. yeah so, so over the course, I don't know, you pile it up, probably about a year. Gotcha. So so what what brought you to write this book? Like what inspired you where you were like, I really want to write a book that's going to offend some people and get them off. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was your thought process? Even though not, we were not offended by it, but people <laughs> that you're not offended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, my first thought was, I want to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) I really, you know, part of the thing that was hard for me is, is, is watching the way that Christians get distracted um, uh, in terms of what it is that, that they, how they engage the culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I had thought about writing a book and I had other people say, Oh, you know, you should write a book and everybody has ideas that are great. But every time I tried 
I, I, I thought about it and I tried not to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really felt as if kind of the Lord was bringing that back onto my plate and saying, hey, I want you to think about this. Um, and I know that people can say, well, the Lord wanted me to write this or, uh-huh. you know, um, uh, I, I do uh, have a pretty clear sense that it was an act of obedience on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more that I saw the way that Christians orient to culture in North America, the more it kind of stirred it within me to, 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 to try to say something, um, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat meaningful about that. Uh, and then that that's part of how like the, the Talladega nights thing kind of came to be in terms of the, the prayer for Ricky Bobby. It was just like, you know what? Um, we've got Jesus really twisted and, and yeah. we need to get him back centerpiece so that we understand what we're supposed to be about. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's, that's kind of how it happened. What are some ways that you think, um, and you kind of talk about in the book, but I tell the audience some of the ways that uh, you've seen Christians twist this idea of Jesus and what they've done to morph Jesus into what they want it to be. How have you seen that happen? Well, I see it. Uh, so you can see it within um, h- how they orient to, to um people outside their faith. So mm. for instance, if you, you know, the Christian world would say, Oh, well, this is acceptable. This isn't acceptable. And based on how they think of Jesus, they'll treat those people one way or the other. So they'll either say, Jesus um, just loves everybody. He's a super nice guy. He would never condemn anyone. Then, then we should just act like that towards everybody uh, except people that I don't agree with. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. so there's an inconsistency in that behavior. Um, that's that's pretty obvious in in my opinion and then and then there's other people who will say well jesus really was about this and he really hated this and so therefore we need to hate this as well uh i think i use the westboro baptist church maybe i I think i was trying to be fair because i do believe that people who are in that vein are trying to do what they think is the right thing Mm -hmm. i just think they're wrong about how they're viewing jesus and what our role is with that So if you just, just the, you know, kind of, um, with Christ and maybe not with Christ in a way, you know, interaction that people have, uh, it seems, it seems, uh, pretty obvious out there. And then, you know, especially in the political arena, I get really upset, um, and, and not like this righteous indignation or anything, but, but upset, like, like, uh, my heart breaks because what I see is people trying to validate their political opinion based on who they think Jesus was. And so clearly he would, he would argue this way or he would argue that way. And in fact, if you actually read what he did and how he engaged with the political leaders, you, you can't draw those conclusions. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's kind of how, I, how I see it. Yeah. And I like the example and you mentioned it just a minute ago about the movie Talladega nights and, and that, that famous scene where, where they're all sitting around the table and talking about their picture of who Jesus is, which is really funny and him being yeah. little baby manger Jesus and all yeah. these different things. <laughs> Your and, favorite version of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. And people do have this picture of who Jesus is and, and he always fits what they want him to fit into in those moments, which is a really dangerous thing to do. And, and you also mentioned in your book about uh, how Republicans would say, well, Jesus would be a Republican and Democrats would say, Jesus would be a Democrat. And it's a really, really scary place for us, for us to be in. Yeah. If Jesus, if Jesus was really clearly about defeating hell, sin and death, Mm -hmm. then politics weren't his thing. And he made he made that clear with the Hillel Shammai debate and 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 the taxes debate and all those things. He was like, "You guys are, um, you know, do do your thing, but yeah. I'm I'm actually I actually have a job to do here." And and he was really cl- clear about that. Yeah, 
And I think too, you know, to be fair, I, I think, so I was able to do a six week study, uh, with a group, uh, on the book, which was super fun. And, and we talked about like how you thought of Jesus when you first came to faith, you know, what was that like for you? And, and people talked about that and, and, you know, okay, well, you know, Jesus as your savior and so grateful and all those things. And I said, but now if you've been walking with him for a time, your idea of who he has, who he is, has actually moved. So the way that I thought about Jesus when I first came to faith is different than how I think sure. about Jesus now. And, and so this idea that our view of Christ can actually change isn't so scary if we recognize that we've already done it. Um, the scary part is if we are entrenched uh, and, and we just, you, you know, we have blinders on around what that, what that might look like. I think it's scarier when people's views never change when it comes to, mm-hmm. to their faith or like if right. you are always have the same belief when it comes to your morals, with your faith, your politics, nothing's ever changed. It's like, mm-hmm. what's the likelihood you got dealt the perfect cards when you were a kid? Very unlikely. So like we should right. be changing, adapting. And as like, I even noticed with me as a pastor, there's times where it's easy to focus on the grace part of Jesus because obviously we, we need to talk about grace. But there are times where Jesus is strict and he's almost comes across mean, like really just, rude. Yeah, yeah. Just just this just rude. this past Sunday where I was preaching about from Matthew fifteen and he asked his disciples, Why are you so dull? Like right. what's wrong? You can't get this. And then he says, right. When you put things in your body, you know it comes out of you and like right. like being sarcastic to him. Yeah. And exactly. we normally don't look at Jesus that way, or we look at him at just that way of like the hellfire and brimstone type Jesus. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's why that's why I did the tweet section of the book. Yeah, was because I thought, okay, this may be a hard way for you to come to terms with the fact that Jesus was judgmental about things, but you need to see this. So uh, putting it in a tweet was loaded with obvious um kind of cultural mm-hmm. emphasis but also to, to to be able to say listen this is coming out of the mouth of jesus yeah so, so he did call people dull he called a woman a dog you you got to get your head around this so if your mm-hmm. view of jesus doesn't include that part of who he is then you have you, you your view is skewed and you're, and you're what picking I, you're picking and choosing, yeah. and mm-hmm. and the reality is, it's like you don't get to do that. So we, like you said, we we like the grace Jesus, uh, we don't like the truth Jesus, mm-hmm. or we only like the truth Jesus when it fits when we need to tell somebody the truth. Yeah, yeah. So, certainly not when somebody needs to share the truth with us. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk more about um um your tweets and because I thought that was pretty cool how you did that. So what was the idea behind behind that, and, and why'd you go about it that way? Yeah. Um. So. I was thinking about how people view Jesus, and then I, I thought about how um, some of what I read in Matthew's gospel just didn't line up. And I thought, you know, um, he's calling people names, like mean, like the, the, there's no two ways about it. Uh, you don't get to get called a brood of vipers and feel good. Like, yeah. oh, hey, uh, you know what, Jesus, you're right. Yeah. You know, it, it's more like... He's literally provoking people. Um, and so so I went through the Gospel of Matthew, and I just found the names that he called people. And, and, and I, I pulled them out. I tried to deal with them, obviously, in context. I, I'm, a, you know, I'm, a, I'm an Anglican priest, so I have my MDiv, and I try to be exegetically uh, sound as, as much as possible. But I, I said, look, here's the things that Jesus is saying. And when you see the list, uh, it's, it's a bit it's a bit overwhelming, you know, because he's, he's, 
what I had done in my previous schooling was kind of said, well, that's reserved for the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, you know, they kind of deserved it. And they really are those people. So, you know, it's not that big a deal that Jesus is saying that. And the reality is he's laying waste to people (laughs) left and right. And, and, and so it, it makes, I, I, you know, I think, I, I don't know if, put it in the book, but I'm like, I think Jesus is an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> he's, he's pretty happy to, to tell people where they sit. Mm-hmm. Um, not for the point of anything other than helping them to see uh, how much they need freedom. Yes. And I, I think that's a really critical point. When I'm, I think when I'm judgmental with people or when I want to pronounce something over them, you know, there's not usually kind of this sense of um, grace-based Based truth, maybe maybe on on a good day, um, but but oftentimes it's more just I just want to be judgmental. I want to put them in a box, mm-hmm. and I want to treat them like an object. And Jesus wasn't doing that. He was like, I need you to hear what I'm saying because you need to be freed. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And whenever we do that, whenever we call people names, it's not to make the other person feel better. It's to make ourselves feel better about sure. ourselves uh, right. or for what, or put somebody else down so that we can think that we're better than them, where that was never Jesus's goal or intention. It was always for the sake of the other person that he was talking to. Right. Yeah. And, and if I can find people who agree with me about what a chuck wagon somebody is, yeah. then I feel even better about that. And then, it, you know, just the momentum carries and goes and goes. And it, uh, I just, um, when when Christians engage in that kind of behavior, mm-hmm. I I grieve because I just think I don't think that's why Christ died on our behalf. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so that yeah. was that was part of why I got at that. What is a chuck wagon? No, I was going to ask that too. Is that an Arizona thing? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that might be one of those Western things. <laughs> yeah, well, we were talking about it. <laughs> Anonymous with idiot. Perhaps. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we were talking early before we started recording, and and Bob was saying how us East Coasters are weird because he's a West Coast guy. And he just used chuck and wagon. He's got chuck wagon. <laughs> I could not I go think... through this interview without asking him what that was. And and to be fair, I think you used the term weird. I don't think I did. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We. I put that word in your mouth. That's right. <laughs> so, well, hey, one of the things about your book. That is that is really interesting. Is the cover of the book, and we'll we'll have to post it on our social media pages. And I actually have your book sitting on my on my desk at, in my church office uh, yeah. because I've been, I've been checking out and reading through it. And and I've, every time it's sitting there, whenever I think that anybody walks into my office to talk to me, I'm like, oh, I wonder if they look at that. Like, what is what is the pastor reading? Because it's a really interesting cover. So so describe what the cover looks like for me and the inspiration behind it. Um, so the cover has a picture of Jesus who is wearing, uh, hipster glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a cigarette. He's taking a selfie. Um, he has, uh, a Starbucks coffee in his hand and there's a Republican and Democrat and United States flag, yeah. uh, behind them. And he, what po- most people miss, and this is what, this is my tell, honestly, this is when I understand kind of maybe where somebody's coming from. N- very few people mention the fact that on the cover of the book, he has blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And people are more upset about the cigarette than they are the fact that he's light-skinned and has blue eyes. And, and so when somebody's like, well, that, you know, that's definitely not my Jesus. And I would say that's the point. It's yeah. the character of all of the ways that people view Jesus. 
And uh, for some, it is, uh, it's honestly, it's, it's hard for them. It's deeply offensive. It's certainly not meant to be offensive, but it is meant to create dialogue. And so when somebody says, well, I can't read that book because, um, what I would say is, I say, well, that's, that's interesting. Tell me about how you view Jesus. Mm. And then what comes into focus is that they have a really particular way of viewing who Jesus is. Um, and that, and that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's also maybe an inability to see how our culture is what the, what our culture is doing with Jesus. Um, because I think that's a really important piece. Mm. Um, so it's a conversation starter for sure. When I was working with the artist who did that, um, we obviously we had a lot of different ideas, and and uh, she really I forgot to mention that he has a John three sixteen shirt on. Yeah. Um, but but that that I felt like she really captured what it was that I was trying to say, and um, yeah, and it's been a great source of conversation. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about um, uh, people giving you a little bit of pushback on on the cover have you gotten any pushback on the book as a whole so like i'm interested to know if when somebody looks at the cover and they and they immediately think oh can't read that that's sacrilegious you know that's a heretic wrote this um and then if they actually take the time to read the book to see what what you're communicating in it um is there pushback to follow through that i i have not had any pushback at all Mm -hmm. um and and to be fair um, oftentimes when people do want to push back, they don't give you feedback. Yeah, it's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> the people who want to push back are just aren't saying anything. And so I don't want to, I don't want to act like, oh yeah, everything's rosy. But what does happen is even if people maybe don't agree with everything, um, there was a book review that, that somebody did and, and they said, well, I don't necessarily agree with maybe some of the things that he's saying, but on the whole, it's an important book because it creates a really important conversation. Yeah. And so for me, uh, and you guys understand if you're pastors, I mean, the, the idea is, can we talk about this? Mm-hmm. If there are, if there are topics that are sacrosanct, then, then there's no way forward for us at all. And I, and I think we'll, we really have to talk about this piece because, North American Christians are falling into this trap over and over and over. We're getting, we're getting completely sidetracked, and I think and 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 we're adapting to our culture in a way that I think is really unhealthy. So that's an important discussion. And if if it if it's a you know a book cover that causes people pause that helps us to get that conversation, I'm willing to be that. Uh, yeah, amen. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, having discussion is is with a huge part we've we've even had reviews same as for your book on our about our podcast people saying like we don't agree with everything that they say which is good it's actually not it's not good if you agree with everything we're saying um i've listened to episodes from a year ago and i'm like i don't even agree with i was saying a year ago like (laughs) so it's when, when we're able to actually have open discussion and be vulnerable to the fact that we could be wrong with our interpretation or our thoughts or we are misreading the jesus that we see and making it our own that's when actual change can happen when we're authentic with the fact that we don't know everything that's when we can actually and it has to start with discussion yeah yeah and i think uh, so for instance i do think that um and i keep saying north american christianity on purpose because i can't i don't feel like i can speak definitively about other christians experiences but that that in north america i think so much of what we get driven by is fear that that i think well if we can talk about it then we can kind of defang that whole thing um and we know, you know, I mean, it's, you know, first John is perfect love casts out fear. So, so can we have a conversation about what it looks like to be perfectly loved 
can we have a conversation about how we can practice that thing so that I feel less fear and I can actually walk with Christ in a way that's maybe has more uh, meaning and impact, not just to me, but to, to the people around me. Yeah, that's really good. And, and in your book, you also talked about the kind of love that Jesus, like you were just kind of saying, yeah. but the kind of love Jesus told us to live, to love our neighbor, a radical right. form of love. So tell us a little bit about how we as followers of Jesus can actually start to love the way that Jesus called us to love. Oh man, I, I honestly, I, it's been my experience that Christians might be the worst people at receiving the love that God has. Mm -hmm. And, and so what we've done is we've decided that, okay, uh, God loves me. That's great. I go to heaven. Super. Okay. Now I got to work on loving my neighbor without actually marinating and, and truly kind of saturating in the love that God has for us. And so I think that I'll, when I think about loving my neighbor, the first question I ask is, do to what degree am I am I deeply experiencing the love that God has for me? Because otherwise, I'm gonna you know my neighbors out there, and I'll be engaged in some kind of just moralism around trying to be a good person. Versus, um, I am so loved that I can't help but love somebody else, and I think that's the goal um, of that kind of love. So so I'm not. I, I, I'm not so you know naive to think that I'm always going to be motivated that way, but that but that first we are the recipients of something, and I think that we are so and it could be our Protestant work ethic, it could be the way that Americas are doers, but that what we what we we miss this idea of of it being of of uh, embracing the love that God has for us is really ridiculous worth that he's placed on me, mm -hmm. we don't sit with that enough. So we go to do, 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 be, 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 you know, and, and, and we just go to that. And it's like, wait, first and foremost, what does that look like? How do we practice that? What are some ways that we can talk about to one another that, that will help us to bask in that grace and that mercy? Mm -hmm. uh, because that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then from there, Say I couldn't help my I couldn't help but love my neighbor. So mm -hmm. so it was like, man, you know, you know, the the empathy that I might have for somebody is 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 there because I recognize how loved I am. Does, mm -hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because when people feel loved, then they love. You know, it's, when when people have that sense of knowing that you are cared for and and somebody did so much just for you. It yeah. encourages you to, to pass it on to other people and to love other you people. Can't help it, yeah. If you it, it, it and so so the way that I, I think about that is is that if you can help it, then you're not being loved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but if you can't help it, then then that's a good sign. It's just mm -hmm. spilling out of you. You know, there's that term that you know people use a long time ago. They say, well, when when life puts the squeeze on you, what comes out? You know, and if mm -hmm. Jesus comes out, you know, and I think, well, yeah, but. I, I want to be maybe just kind of more organic where it's like, it just, it just spills out of me because, because God is so gracious mm -hmm. and he's so lavish that mm -hmm. I'm so grateful, you know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think it comes for a lot of people. It comes from, and you're they're actually trying to 
live like Jesus. And I think sometimes you look and go, okay, what does that look like? It means I have to love people. So I got to just go do that. And so instead of actually starting your foundation with that, and then the overflow of it is loving, it's like, what's the action that I need to do to look like that? So that way people all think, so I feel like I am doing it when it's really, you have to go back to the basics of just that overflow. Mm Well, and, the, and for me, what that is then is it's a counterfeit. It's a laminate. You know, yeah. you, you, you buy the oak table thinking this is an oak table and, you know, you find out there's it's a, it's a veneer. Mm-hmm. Um, where, whereas I believe that w- the thing that Jesus did really, really well was to say, I am deeply loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize, guys. It's okay. Yeah, no problem. So, so that, so that it's, he spent time with the father. I, I'm a mad, I don't know what was said in those moments, but I know what I need to hear. Um, as I'm living my life is, is I, 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 and I think about it this way. It's like the view from, from my daddy's lap kind of thing mm-hmm. where, where I am cherished, I'm loved. I, I am somehow some way worthy of his love because he's decided that not because of me, but so, so that the, all of those things are true. And then, and then I can view other people from that place, not mm. from a place of, um, hey, we got to make sure our sins are all taken care of here. You know, I was I spoke last night and I said, I said, look, Christianity isn't about sin management. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if that's all this is, then pick a pick a program, you know, pick a pick a some kind of moral thing and run after it just to make your life better or you know live your best life or yeah. whatever, you know. It it can't be about that. It has to be about transformation, mm-hmm. and I think that that that's that idea that we we love because he first loved us. Yeah, yeah. When when we focus on the behavior instead of the heart, it, it won't last. It never lasts. Right. Yeah, but it's not, it's not sustainable. To right, that. right. But when right. we get to a place where we where we realize that God has done so much for us and that Jesus has died for us and sacrificed everything for us and that encourages us to live in that way. That That's the game changer there. And that's why yeah. full understanding, is, uh, at least of that, is so important for, for our hearts. Yeah, well, and understanding not just in the head but in the heart, right? right. And, and- and and you guys know, I mean, you're you're pastors, so you understand this. What you know, what people want to measure are 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 you know, hey, how many people came to faith, or how many numbers, nickels, noses, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. And and it's like, you know, this thing is about roots. This thing is about growth in ways that maybe we can't necessarily measure. Mm-hmm. And so we work in in kind of a, more of a spiritual capacity. In terms of maybe the things that you can't see, but we we try to measure success in a temporal way, which doesn't jive. And so, so I think you, you know, I think the church in North America has sold a gospel that is much shorter than what the gospel actually is, and it's only been a part of the gospel. People have purchased that and then patterned their lives after that, and I think we've we've kind of missed the boat. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So, what do you? Th- what's like the thing you want everyone to take away after they read this book? What's the biggest takeaway from this book? Oh man, that's a great question. <laughs> um, just that I'm super funny and I don't like cats. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and that's it for us here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if there was if there was one takeaway, um, I, I would say, um, please, please, please try to understand at, at, to the best of your ability. Uh, what it means that the God of the universe uh, loves you. Mm. Try to get your head around that. Um, try to understand who who he is because that thing about who he is, what he's done on our behalf, will shape 
directly shape how you behave. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the world looks at how we behave more than what we believe, um, rightly so. And our behavior doesn't always line up with that thing. So I would say, mm-hmm. please understand who Jesus is. Please understand who that makes you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's this whole thing on othering uh, that, that, I, that I wrote about in the book about how we will, will make objects out of people. Um, and, and so there's some dignity stuff in there that I think is really, really critical. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard, but I, I do think that that, that that thing around just really recognizing the deep love of God in Jesus Christ and allowing that to transform how we interact with our culture is probably the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and as, as you were talking, it reminded me of um, of another book years ago called They Like Jesus But Not the Church. I don't know oh. if, if you... And, and it talked about how people who aren't Christians love the idea of Jesus when you actually just read what the Bible says about him, but they don't love the idea of the people who are supposed to represent Jesus. Right. And if we have a false representation of who Jesus is, then it's going to push people further away. And that's exactly what your book is getting at, is that it's not my idea of a picture-perfect Jesus in my life, but who Jesus actually was and who Jesus actually was is big enough and good enough for everybody in the world and can save lives. So it's awesome. But we really appreciate you writing this book, taking the time to come on the podcast and talk with us. Thanks for not being a chuck wagon, but instead, (laughs) whatever that means. (laughs) That remains to be seen. (laughs) But Bob, why don't you give, let everyone know where they can get your book, where they can get more information about you. Sure. Uh, you can, you can find me at uh, bobfaby.com. Um, I just, uh, got this gal. She, she's fantastic. Um, redid my website. So I'm really grateful for that there. Um, you can book me as a speaker. I actually, um, I think, you know, there's always a question about authors. Um, and it's like, okay, I wrote a book, but I think I'm a speaker who wrote a book versus (laughs) a author who speaks. I think that's an important delineation. So I've had, I've had the privilege of, uh, visiting churches and speaking and, and I love doing that. Um, and so you can, you can find me there on that, uh, website there. Uh, I'm on face, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, so you can find me on those things. I have a podcast myself. Uh, so I appreciate what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. It's called the third space. Uh, it's the idea that it's somewhere between kind of work and home and where you have those conversations, uh, about Mm -hmm. uh, what it means to be, you know, human on some level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's, that's all, that's all the places you can find me. The book is available on, on amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com. Yeah. We, we highly suggest it. Check out the book. It's some, it's some really good information. So Bob, thank you so much for spending some time with us. You bet you guys. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.